0: I think this whole Bitcoin is using too much energy. is just complete misinformation and misconceptions. To manage a trillion dollar asset, there's no other more efficient way. The banks spend way more energy on electricity alone. I think people were
1: expecting fireworks, were expecting a lot of volatility. and The ethmo just came and went. I think what will be earth moving is when the fees drop, when the sharding kicks in. I'm trying to get a feel for what
0: narratives you believe are the most promising right now in crypto. I wouldn't go for the most uh, promising, I would actually go chase the hardest problem, which today I think is the wallet.
1: Last week we were in Lisbon, today we're in Paris, we're here for the Binance Blockchain Week. I will be speaking later today, but actually the main reason why I'm here is to see my friend Susie, who I haven't seen in three years and we're going to sit down with him and get some insight on the man, the business and everything else around us. So wow, there's even a, a replica here of the, the Eiffel Tower. And it's quite ironic because we're here to speak to CZ, and he's recently relocated to Paris. I've got so much to catch up with him on. I, I literally I haven't sat down with him face to face in three years. Let's do this. So we're here at Paris Blockchain Week with Binance, and I get some time to sit with my friend CZ, who I haven't sat with since July 2019. Oh, yeah, in, in Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
1: So it's a good day to be meeting it's yeah. the day that the eth merge has happened the eth merge is now behind us yeah i think people were expecting fireworks we were expecting a lot of volatility and the eth merge
0: just came and went yeah well it was a lot of work for us uh, you know we had to prepare the new wallet uh, make sure it works tested possible 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 for an hour before do the upgrade make sure everything works and yeah it's a bi- it's actually a big operation for
1: us were you expecting a smooth uh transition i mean uh, like you guys must have had some technical knowledge and some opinions. Were you guys
0: expecting a smooth transition? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, otherwise we wouldn't let it happen. Um, because if, if we think the wallet's not going to work, um, then that's a huge problem. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we thought it would be smooth. How big is this for crypto? The fact that now the
1: second biggest cryptocurrency out there with the second number of users, etc. is now ESG-friendly, is deflationary, Earns a decent staking reward.
0: How big is this in, in the big scheme of things? I think it's very important, but I don't think it's a, you know I don't think it's a fundamental change. Uh, there are other blockchains that are POS already. There are other uh, blockchains that are staking, uh, deflationary, etc. So I think all of this is important, but it's not like earth moving. But it's definitely progress in the right di- well. In, it's definitely progress uh, in, in, in the right direction. I think what will be earth-moving is when the fees drop, when the sharding kicks in, when, when they can you know, go live with sharding. Um, that's, much, much, that's a much harder problem to solve. So I'm really looking forward for, for, uh, for, for them to solve that.
1: Proof of work. Are you, I mean, there's obviously the critics that say that it burns up too much energy and it's just not worth the energy. And that's, a, that's a f- effectively why Ethereum made the shift. What are your thoughts? I mean, how do you feel about proof of work? as a as a concept
0: versus proof of stake um, i think proof of work is fine um i think proof of work um i, I think this whole bitcoin is not energy efficient uh, is well is using too much energy it's just complete misinformation and misconceptions um it's just because we can measure the, the amount of energy that bitcoin uses but if you think of if you try to measure the amount of energy banks use of uh, the buildings the downtowns uh to manage a trillion dollar asset there's no other more efficient way the banks spend way more energy on electricity alone and then they do all have they have had all these buildings all these trucks moving like you know gold um all the security guards uh all they they hire all these people the expense used to manage um those that those assets are much much higher than bitcoin yeah
1: a lot of the critics when they saw what happened with tornado cash yeah. and OFAC sanctioning a decentralized protocol, they, they came out and they said that ETH's making a mistake moving to proof of stake, because a lot of the, the staking power is going to be with centralized institutions. I mean, you can say Lido, Binance, Coinbase, and eventually Coinbase and maybe even Binance have to succumb to the
0: requests of the regulators, right? Uh, so I think uh, there's two things. Um, there's the centralized businesses, which will have to be fully compliant. Um, there's no other way. Um, and um, they will have to ob- uh, strictly observe sanction rules, implement them fully, um, that's the centralized businesses. Um, and the centralized businesses will have to implement sanction lists, including addresses um, that are on the sanction list. Um, decentralized protocols, I think what, when those kind of rules become more and more strict, I think Binance, we may, we probably would not run, run, run a Ethereum validator. Um, uh, there's not a whole lot of benefit. So th- then the government can chase those other guys who are running validators. They can classify those as centralized businesses if they want to. Um, but then those things may or may not be in one country, right? There may be some, there may be in Russia, in China, there may be guys running those nodes.
1: So you would rather tap out than participate with governments forcing you to
0: not pass transaction it. And well, when, like, we don't have to make that decision today. We are not saying we're doing this or that, but um, I, like today, we're not running an Ethereum node. All right so um yeah i mean so we're not involved in that um so i think for binance.com uh we're busy with getting our regulatory licenses etc uh, we don't need to get involved in that uh, whereas businesses that want to run validators may not have the centralized exchanges they may or may not be even be centralized businesses mm-hmm. um so we'll see I don't, I don't know how it's going to play out so i do want to talk about regulation but before we get there yeah. Now that it's gone to proof-of-stake
1: and you've got a whole lot of Layer 1s, you've got uh, you have BSC, you've got Near Protocol, you've got Cardano, you've got a whole lot of, of Layer 1s and each one of them comes with their own promise and their own TPS and, and whatever else. Do you think that we've solved the Layer 1 problem? Do you think we can move beyond Layer 1 and say, look, we've got enough Layer 1 power and now we should be focusing on maybe a slightly different problem, maybe
0: cross-chain, maybe something else? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think we solved the Layer, layer 1 problem. Um, um, it's like the internet. Right, so it's like cable companies. Have we solved the cable company problems? I don't think so. Not even today. We can still get faster speed. We can get 10x faster. Um, um, I still have to wait for hours to download stuff. Well, not hours, it depends, a long time to download stuff. We still don't have like full 4K, 5K, 40K, 400K, high fidelity virtual environments. All of this stuff we still don't have. So the, the, the capacity of the infrastructure can always increase. Um, so, we move from telephones to cables to fiber. Uh, we can still move more. 5G is coming, or 5G is mostly here. Um, there will be 6G. So, we're not done. In technology, you're never done. So, you still think there's a
1: space for a lot more layer ones? You don't think that ETH and all the rest of, are going to solve the layer
0: one uh, demand? I, so, well, I'll, I'll say it this way. I think today I don't see one blockchain solving all layer one problems today. Uh, to be honest, if layer one is really good, we shouldn't need level, layer twos. Right. So we should we should be handling like, you know, um, 100 million transactions per second. Then we probably don't need layer twos for a while. Um, and we're not we're nowhere close to that. Even could it be in chain We're not we're not like
1: they're not there. If you were entering crypto today and yeah. you had money behind you and you had a, a very talented dev team and all the experience and all the knowledge that you've got, what narratives would you jump into in crypto? So, I mean, let's assume that you're not going to redo an exchange because There is already a Binance, and it's amazing. And you were jumping in with the most talented dev team in the world. And the reason why I'm asking is I'm trying to get a feel for what narratives you believe are
0: the most promising right now in crypto. Actually, so based on the situation you described, I wouldn't go for the most uh, promising. I would actually go chase the hardest problem, which today I think is the wallet. The wallet? The wallet. Why is that the the hardest problem? Um, I think that's the main blocker for mass adoption. Uh, for DeFi adoption. So today, DeFi protocols are fine. They, they're very easy to use. Um, you connect your wallet for the people who know how to use their wallet. Then you just trade. The order book. is very simple. No KYs, no AMMs. It's very simple. Um, but today, most people cannot store their private keys securely. Um, the wallets require them to be technical. Um, your computer cannot get a virus. If your computer gets a virus, there's all kinds of problems that will happen. You will lose your money. Um, if you lose your computer, uh, you have to have a backup and now that backup needs to be encrypted. Most people don't know how to do that properly. And that encrypted backup, um, it's okay if you lose your computer, but what if eventually we die? What if you're not around? How do you give that to your kids? How do you make sure that your kids don't get that before you die? Um, that problem is not solved. Um, so uh, for this reason, uh, for this reasons, most people today still prefer using an email, a password and call customer support. They, yeah. they, still try to, they still want to use a centralized exchange. Um, uh, if I was to, like, if I have no financial pressure, I would want to for- solve the most difficult problem that's blocking adoption. That would be the problem I would try to solve.
1: Okay, so uh, wallets, I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I didn't expect it, but I, I definitely think I agree with you. What else would you try
0: to solve if, if, if wallets wasn't on the list? Oh, I don't know. Um, I haven't thought about it. I usually try to solve one problem at a time. Today is Binance, so I'm still busy with the centralized exchange
1: part. What about cross-chain? And the reason why I ask you what about, about cross-chain, it seems to be a big problem. All the bridges, well, not all, but all the hacks or the majority of the hacks have been around bridges this year. Uh, I don't know the stats, but I think well over $600 million, even close to billion a billion dollars has more. been taken out of bridges. Yeah. You guys are very much at the forefront because when those hacks happen, the first thing you hear is Binance is, is involved, tracking, yeah, getting yeah. involved. How do you
0: feel about the bridging problem, the cross-chain problem? I'll tell you something, to be honest, Binance.com is the biggest bridge. Okay. Right? So because when you want to move from one asset from one blockchain to another, guess what? The easiest way is to deposit into Binance, trade to the other, trade to the other coin, withdraw on the other blockchain. So um, we process way more than like decentralized bridges. uh, Because most people don't like, yeah, as you said, they're they're cumbersome to use. And then actually they also have security problems. So um, I think cross-chain is very important. um, but um, it's a difficult problem to solve. Uh, but I think over time, that will get better. But, but from, from my perspective, I don't think that's the most urgent problem. Well, or the, I don't think that's the highest impact problem to solve. Uh, because we still have centralized exchanges that facilitate that. I think the wallet problem is, 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 a, is, a, is the bigger blocker for mass adoption, mm. for DeFi.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah. DeFi after this last crash that we had, I mean, this last crash probably showed that, you know, crypto was probably spurred on by a lot of leverage around Luna and then yeah. crypto lending and then crypto lending
0: collapsed yeah. and stuff like that. How do you think DeFi came out of this? Um, I think DeFi itself is totally fine. The concept works. Um, you know, Uniswap's still running, swaps still run, running, all of those are fine. You can argue that they ran all along and they ran perfectly. They, 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 they ran just fine. And they have risks which are clearly identified as one way uh, what do you call it uh, impermanent loss um, fantastic wording for it um, but um, uh, so but yeah uh, they work um, there's there are, there are known risks and people people most people understand it um, the Luna pr- is a very different problem uh, Luna UST is a very different that's a very design that's a design uh, uh, mistake comp- compounded with the operational mistake uh, compounded with other companies loaning other companies it's a whole pile of problems um, so, that's what I call the loan problem that's in the industry, uh, well, in, in a few industry players. Um, but that's not a DeFi problem. Going back, did you ever get worried about
1: the size that Luna was growing? Did, did it ever trouble you knowing that the majority of the Binance user base must have been involved in Luna in some way or another, right? Retail was very much involved in Luna. Did you ever look at this and go, wow, what if this thing fails? This is an algorithmic stablecoin.
0: Um, Honestly, I didn't. Uh, but if I did that, I probably would do that with every coin. If oh, Ethereum's pretty big, what if it fails? Um, Bitcoin's pretty big. What if, it, if Bitcoin's bigger? What if it fails? Right. So if you look at the top ten, you can say that to everything. Um, but if I ha- if I had the foresight to know this is a particular one that has a huge risk than the other ones. I would have done something. Of course I'm not, I wasn't that smart. And most other people wasn't. Most people, hindsight is much easier. When yeah. you saw it happening and you must have known
1: that the, a lot of the Binance users are retail and a lot of the retail users got wrecked. And if not wrecked, lost a lot of money. How, how was it? How was that watching this collapse?
0: So it's pretty interesting, right? So, um, we paused trading for Luna and guess what? We got a lot of complaints from users who wants to buy it and we said look we, we deem this as high risk they said look uh just you're the platform you you should provide access you don't you, you don't tell us what what, to, what you don't tell us what to buy what not to buy if you prevent us from trading it then you're causing risk for us because the price may moving on, on other platforms we're like do you know luna's being printed at exponential rates um, uh, isn't there's now like a thousand x more luna than they were like a couple of days ago they're like yeah we understand that we we can handle our loss on we can handle the loss of money, but you can't stop us from trading. So you get all kinds of different, you know, perspectives from a platform. How
1: do you feel being in that position where you kind of have to protect users and it's, it's almost akin to censorship. So it's almost like Mark Zuckerberg or, or at the time, Jack Dorsey and censorship saying, you know, I don't think it's safe for you to trade that. Therefore I'm going to halt
0: it on my platform. So what we learned is, um, uh, if. So we only pause trading when the, port, when the blockchain stops uh, functioning. Yeah. Right? So there's no deposit withdrawals anyway. anyway. So, uh, but we learned is that the, best, uh, the be- there's a few different uh, uh, aspects. The best protection is to always provide a neutral market. So especially after we list it, when something happens, when especially during, during critical periods where um, things are crashing and stuff like that, you absolutely should not pause trading. There's people who want to get out is people want to get in. Um, they are scalpers or whatever you call, you call them that want to get into this high-risk assets because they want to take that high volatility. They want to, they want to shoot for the ups, uh, upside. You know, and they're okay with losing some money. So uh, as a platform, once we list something, it's actually very hard to stop trading of it, uh, especially during volatility times. We need to make sure our system's up, our is well functioning. Yeah. The other side about protecting users is education we need to make sure that the information disclosure is full Uh, we we added pop-up warnings about risks this is a high-risk asset confirm you want to trade it confirm again confirm a third time and take a quiz Um, and okay fine then it's your problem problem. so uh, the education part is really important the notice part is really important Uh, once after we do that like if a guy still wants to trade you gotta let him do what he wants to do if we block the guys who when it's crashing, the guys who want to sell, they couldn't sell uh, how, uh, uh, we're protecting one side, but we're always hurting the other. We shouldn't get involved in that uh, gotcha. we're, like we're not traders. I, I don't even know what decision to make i can't even I, we, Nobody knows if it's going to fall further or going mm-hmm. up like, we can't make that decision for our users yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I see you spending a lot of your time now on regulation and legislation. It was clear that at some point binance and you personally went through a shift and said. OK, now it's time for us to focus on becoming the cleanest shop in town. Yeah. And I think you, you became the cleanest shop in town. Very stringent on KYC, taking yeah. on people, multi, no one with multiple accounts or trying to limit multiple accounts on the platform. How have the regulators and the legislators taken to
0: to Binance and, and to crypto? How hard has this battle been? Um, so I think it's been a hard battle for sure. Um, it takes a lot of work. A lot, uh, um, and I've been flying around meeting with the regulators uh, uh, a lot, um, but I think we've seen the results. Um, the results are also quite obvious. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples, right? So, um, last year in July, um, Italy consult, issued a war- consumer warning with Binance, Binance name, name on, saying we're not licensed to operate in the country. Guess what? By May this year, so less than 10 months, they give us a registration. So that's the, sh- and Spain, same thing. Um, Spain. France also. France, France never gave us a warning, so just,
1: w- just gave you the. Uh, yeah, so, yeah.
0: So Italy gave us a warning like you no know, ten months earlier, and then ten months later they give us a registration. Um, Spain same warning with less than a year registration. So we we were able to make that shift. France um, no previous warning, but no no licenses either with uh, the first license in France. So uh, so uh, and today Binance is is the most licensed international global exchange. We have France, Italy, Spain, Sweden, Dubai, uh, Dubai Bahrain, uh, Abu Dhabi. And we also have 46 state licenses in the, in, in the United States.
1: So it's becoming your competitive advantage that you're actually so regulated.
0: Yes, so, yeah. so there's, there's a misconception before that saying if you get regulated, you're gonna lose users. And there's also the other misconception saying that Binance become the most popular because we were not regulated. Guess what? We're not the most regulated one. And the most we- popular. And the most popular.
1: Yeah. So the guys are telling me to cut, but I have one more question. Yeah. One more question, okay. one more question. Yeah. My friend CZ, who I've known for years, I've known you before, Binance was so big, uh, I've seen the, the, the growth of Binance and CZ. How has it, it been for you personally? When you look back at this journey, did you ever think that you personally would get this big? Did you ever think that this is what would happen? How has it been for you personally?
0: Um, for me personally, I don't think it changed very much. Um, I'm still the same guy. Um, I actually don't think we are super big or anything like that. Um, I have more followers on Twitter. That's probably the most clear measure. I mean, you're one of the richest, <laughs> pe- you're one of the richest people in the world. Um, well, you're one of the most powerful people in the world. Uh, don't think both are i I think both are not that true to be honest um we're influential in the crypto market but crypto market is very small right so we're still like a no we're like a bigger fish in a small pond on the crypto side um and um uh, money wise um i don't have i haven't cashed out anything i haven't sold binance shares i haven't sold binance equity um i haven't sold my bnb stuff like i I haven't cashed out at, at all so when i look at in my wallet i don't have much and you're still uh, the same simple guy that i've been friends with for so many years yeah yeah so that part doesn't change um i also don't think i need all the money that people claim that i have i don't i don't think i need to cash out um i what am i going to use that for um I, I do feel very lucky i'm already super lucky in the position where i'm already doing the i'm already doing the job or work or life uh, that have the most impact of all the things i can do there's no other thing that I wake up. I like today, if, I, if, I, if you ask me, is there anything else you can, you might ask myself, is there anything else I can do that's more meaningful? That's more impact. I can't think of anything. There's, there's nothing else. I can't do another startup. I can't be a CEO of a different company. This is already the most meaningful thing I can be doing for my life. So this when I wake up, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm getting tired, I take a nap, wake up again, I, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I don't feel the pressure. This is just my life. So um, yeah, so I'm, like very few people are that lucky, and you right? still live very humbly. I must say, you still
1: for, for for the top. I mean, I remember you back then, or maybe not. The same, it's the same. CZ. I
0: mean, how, like, how does expensive clothes change your life? Right, it doesn't. Right. So um, yeah. yeah, so for me, it's like yeah. So I, I have a very decent life. Um, I'm very I, I get I'm very happy. I'm very satisfied because of the impact of the work I do. Not so much money that I have or not have. Um, they gave me just all kinds of different estimates, 94 billion, 11 billion two months later. It's like nothing changed <laughs> for Bay me. Market bull market. <laughs> yeah, I, nothing changed for me. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I'm fine without all of that. Um, I don't, I actually don't care. I don't care about the rankings. I don't care about money. But I care about that. I know that this job is very, well, this work is very meaningful. Yeah, it's yeah. not going go on for hours, but I
1: see there's a long line of people who want to be here. So <laughs> sure.
0: thank you, nice to see you. All right, man. cheers man. Yeah. Nice
1: to see you. Man. Thanks for
0: all your support over the years.
1: Thank <laughs> you, my friend. Thank you. You've yeah. also been very supportive for yeah. us.